What's up, what's up everybody, it's your boy Kendall K. Howard and I'm back again with an episode of Trey Ball. I, I don't know why I did that, I don't know why I shot my left hand, I'm not a left handed shooter, I'm a right handed shooter. But that's besides the point. Welcome y'all again, this is episode 5, uh, week 5 I should say, or yeah episode 5, same thing, of Trey Ball. Got some topics we'll get into this week. Uh, let's start off the show talking about familiar person we've been talking about on the show, uh, LeBron James. Now, LeBron ain't really do nothing this week besides having 40 points in the game against the Pelicans. He didn't play last night against the Warriors. But this is more so a topic about does LeBron James receive too much media attention? Because in the game that he played against the Pelicans, where he ended up having uh, 40 points, he was spotted on the bench um, eating Twizzlers. And that was more, that was like seen or like highlighted a little bit more than a lot of the stuff that took place in that game. Granted, it was a game against Zion Williamson, so there was highlights showing of them two together and just what both of them did because Zion didn't have 29 points as well that game. But Brandon Ingram had 34 points that game. That did not get talked as much about uh, more than what LeBron and Zion did because everybody wanted to compare this whole passing the torch thing, oh, like Kobe and Mike, who are doing all this. And Brandon Ingram had. 34 points that game as to go which was more than what Zion had but like I said there was a lot of attention towards LeBron James eating Twizzlers on the bench uh in the fourth quarter and people were talking about it a, a lot and that people I seen some people kind of like talk about it and kind of be like well why why is it why is everybody talk about LeBron James and every little thing he does ESPN hypes him up Bleacher Report hypes him up to an extent they are right because they do hype him up, but I, like I was telling my friend this, not not more so about the whole Twizzler thing, but about like when he did that dunk, we did a little rock the cradle, little dunk that he did that Kobe Bryant did on the, I think it was like the same dunk he did like a couple years, like many years ago on the same night or something like that. I don't know, but people was talking about that and focusing on that a lot. And what I was telling him about the situation is that this man is what thirty five. 35 years old, and he's still one of the best players, if not maybe the best players, in the, if not players, player in the NBA. This man is second MVP race right now. He's at 35, putting like his career high in assists, averaging 10 assists a game with 27 points to go along with it. Number one seed in the West. What? That's crazy. But, I mean, I, so I can see where the attention comes from when it comes to talking about LeBron James, but this whole Twizzler thing, that's, that should not be focused or magnified how it should be. Because granted, yes, it was a big game against the Pelicans, and they do play again on Sunday. I think this time they're in New Orleans. On the same night where LeBron James didn't have 40 points, and he more people were talking about him eating these Twizzlers, a lot of people wouldn't talk about Kobe White, who has been the only person since, I forgot, oh, dang, I should have pulled, pulled that up. But, the only person since whoever, I'm sorry I didn't have it pulled up right now, to have 30-plus points come off the bench in the past three games. What? That's crazy. But as a person in the media, I can kind of understand why that was not highlighted or talked about more because in those games where Kobe White did that, uh, he lost the very first one, and that was against Phoenix. They won the second one. But they lost the last one. They won the second one against the Washington Wizards. We're going to talk about Bradley Bill in a minute as well. And they lost the last one against OKC. So, while he did put on these impressive performances, they 
were just not as special because they was against also lesser known teams. Was besides OKC, but they got blown out tonight by the Bucks, even though they are in the Western seventh seed. But I can see why LeBron James is getting highlighted and things that he do get talked about more than things like what Kobe White have done uh, is doing in Chicago. Pretty impressive for him, but it's like there is no real story behind it. Whereas LeBron James is 35 years old, in second in MVP race, number one seed in the West. Like, of course, he'll get a lot, a lot of media coverage. This man's the best player of all of, right now. He's just the best player, if not one of the greatest players of all time. But the whole Twizzler thing was was a little bit too much of a of an attention grabbing thing that they was talking about. But folk, but to go to the game itself, or they played against the Pelicans. What did Zion Williamson? Well, not Zion. What did LeBron James prove against a Zion Williamson in that game? Um, I think he was asserting his dominance in that game because he was kind of letting him know that I am still here. This is still my land. This is still my kingdom that you're in. I don't care about what everybody else is saying. He wasn't saying it flat out like he didn't come out and say this. But I think in the game that he played by putting on that performance he's put on. He was sending out that message that, yeah, you might be next up, but I'm still right now. I don't care how old you you think I am or what they try to say. Watch King, which has been his thing. He's been pushing this whole season because I don't even know who came up with that line saying he's a Watch King. But he's been using that this whole year because that's his motivation. Like LeBron, he's he's out. He's out for it right now. He's trying to prove everybody wrong. We're going to talk about people trying to prove people wrong. We're going to talk about the Rockies later in the show. But – in that game, he was just asserting his dominance against Zion. And Zion did put on a good performance. I think in that game as well, uh, he went, he think, he, yeah, he took 19 free throws that game. Uh, so that shows he can get to the line. He went 13 for 19 from the free throw line. But Zion, he he had a good game. He wasn't. It's not like he backed down from LeBron. I can tell you that. He did not back down from LeBron. Because both of them was going at it. I was watching uh, bits and pieces of it. Because I think that game, when was that game? Tuesday? It was why well, the day not even pulled up. I think it was Tuesday, and I was watching that game. It was not nah, it couldn't be Tuesday because it's a TNT game. What was it? Anyways, I was watching that game, and they was going at it. So Zion obviously has some ways to go as a rookie, but he's showing a lot of promise. Is he the next LeBron James? I don't think he is the next LeBron James. I think he is a, he is Zion Williamson. Cause the two why they do or why they are compared. Uh, to each other so much is because of the hype, the hype that they uh, bring as they came or brought, I should say, as they came into the NBA is why they are being compared a lot. But in terms of like actual skill set and actual play style, the two the two are very different. But I think in in meantime we can see in the future if Zion keeps playing the way he does play, he can definitely be one of the best players in the NBA. He definitely has the potential to be one. It just takes time. Let's just not try to rush on it and harp on it right now like the media do. Anyways, next topic we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about another guy that's getting a lot of media attention right now and showing star potential, actually, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has been on fire. The last five games, Jason Tatum has had, I'm going to go through these, I'm going to go through these numbers right here, 33 points, 11 rebounds, and three assists. 36 points, five rebounds, and one assist. 41 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. 28 points, 11 rebounds, and 3 assists. 
39 points, 9 rebounds, and 1 assist. Jason Tatum, I think that's his most recent one. I think the, when I pulled that picture up, I think it was from uh, before the Jazz game. Let me check Let me check it and see real quick. Celtics. Ah. Wait, hold on, when they play? Oh, they play the Rockets tomorrow. That should be interesting. They play the Rockets tomorrow. No, I want to see that game versus Jazz. So I think that last one was his most recent performance. Uh, let me make sure. 38? No. No. So he had, in his last game against the Jazz, I knew that picture was kind of outdated, was 33 points, 11, 11 rebounds, and 3 assists. So these last six games, Jason Tatum has just been on fire. Now, granted, they are playing without Kimball Walker. Uh, Kimball Walker has not played since uh, coming back from the All-Star break. So he's been sitting out, and he has been leading the Celtics Throughout this run since the All Star break, they are now they are now three and one, uh, coming on this road trip in the West where they faced off against they faced off against oh here it is I have it right here they faced off against the Jazz uh, the Trailblazers they faced against the Lakers and they only lost by two points and that was one fifteen one thirteen that's when LeBron hit the little game winning shot against uh, Jalen Brown and they uh, faced the Timberwolves as well so while some of those teams ain't as impressive like the Timberwolves. And the trailways to beat, uh, just the performances that he's been putting on and showing that he can, like, lead the team. Because a lot of people would, like, question, well, can Jason Tatum be a leading man? Can he be the star that we all predicted him to be his rookie year? Because he did go through a little sophomore slump last season. A lot of people would try to say it was Kyrie Irving's fault, but that's not the point. I don't think it is. <laughs> Excuse me. But we are seeing, and not only his game, but Jalen Brown's game and Marcus Smart's game, that these three – uh, the young core, you, as we can say, is playing really well this season. Especially Jason Tatum in recent, like in recent games, he's been playing phenomenal. And I think with him, with Kimball Walker being out right now, Jason Tatum is not only showing uh, the Celtics that he can lead the team, but the world and proving that he has what it takes to be a star in his league, and he has he has what it takes to lead a team. Because Kimball Walker is 29, 30 years old, obviously. If you go by NBA primes, Kimball Walker has about a good three more years, three or four more years left in him. So it's going to have to be Jason Tatum's team eventually because he is a younger one. And I think with them two together, just in their whole team collectively, I think they can eventually possibly do something. Now, in terms of this season, which is something I want to lead into, are they the team to take down the Bucks Because the Bucks have been dominating. I mean, absolutely just destroying everybody. They just got done beating – uh, the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City Thunder by 47 points. Let me repeat that again. 47 points. Almost 50. Almost 50 points. Now, it's not just the Oklahoma City Thunder that we thought at the beginning of the season was going to be a scrub team, bottom of the West, lottery team, blah. They actually have 17, they are actually the seventh seed in the West right now with Chris Paul leading them. And he is an all-star this year. And they have three point guards averaging close to 20 points. Uh, I think when I saw when they pulled up on ESPN, they had Chris Paul averaging, I think he's averaging 17 points. Dennis Schroeder's averaging 14 points, and uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander's averaging 19 points. So they're actually a, a pretty well played team. They would, oh, I'm saying that right. A, a pretty well team, good team this year. I'm just, just forget the word well. Pretty good team this year. More than, more, they're doing more expected than we all, including myself, expecting them to be. So they didn't just beat, like I said, those scrubs. They beat the Thunder by 47 points. And they held the Thunder, the thunder to 6-35 to shooting from the three. 
and 36% shooting from the field altogether, while they themselves went 50% from the field and 47% from the three. Now, if we all, if you all been watching the Celtics play this year, they are a three-point shooting team. That's kind of been their whole style of play in recent years, anyways. Uh, so, the Bucks are a good three-point shooting team as well. They they got Giannis around by a bunch of shooters and a bunch of bigs, bigs that can shoot as well. Are are the Celtics the team to take down the Bucks? Because in years past, we have seen the Celtics take down the Bucks. Not last season. Because the Bucks actually got their revenge on the Celtics. But the year before, Celtics did beat the uh, the Bucks and kind of took them down. But they are a little bit smaller this year compared to their teams in, in recent past. So how can they defeat the Bucks? Because with this impressive victory they just, they just had over the Thunder and shunned them down from shooting threes, can they do the same to the Celtics or any other good three-point shooting team in the East? Because the way it's looking... The Bucks just might just run ramshot through the East and just sit there and wait on either LA teams or the Rockets in the West. So I would like to see some type of competition. I actually would enjoy the series if the two meet in East Conference Finals because just imagine in the way Jason Tatum's playing right now when Kimball Walker comes back and the rest of that team, whew, what? Teams will be good. I also, like I said last week on the show, I want it. The the Marcus Cousins to go if it wasn't gonna go to the Clippers, I wanted him to go to the Celtics. I think they need a center. Enos Cantor, yeah, he's good. But they obviously re- uh, relocated him to the bench. Uh, he was starting at first, but now he's on the bench. I think he's kind of fell off in recent years. That he cries too much too, but that's just my opinion. Um, I think if a healthy Boogie comes back, I think with him and the Celtics, well, he doesn't have to do too much. He's just there as a big right there to serve his purpose, and he can still do what he can do. He can still, like, you can still pass it down to him on the block. You can have him shoot threes. You can have him just be that big body down there and a good, formidable center. I think it would be a good fit for him in Boston if they choose to sign him. I'm just throwing it out there. I want, I want Boogie to stay in the league. I hate, oh, and Isaiah Thomas, too. Get that man a job. I like both of them players. So that's my spill on it. And speaking of just conference play and just who's and who's in what, I talked about the Thunder being the seventh seed in the West, but AC has been weak this year. I know people have always talked about the Western Conference is so stacked, is so powerful. Really, it's kind of top heavy this year. I think if you look at, if you go through and actually look at the Western Conference this year, the Mavericks fell off a little bit. Uh, they was actually coming off pretty high at the beginning of the season. They actually fell off, and they actually had the seventh seed right now. Oh, the Thunder sixth seed. My fault. I said they were the seventh seed earlier. They're the sixth seed now. So, if you kind of look at the 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 West outside the first five teams, because we could we could have said the Mavericks was, was a top team in the West, but like I said, they have fallen off to the seventh seed. You have the Lakers at number one. You have the, the Nuggets at number two. You have the Clippers at number three. Oh, actually, I think with the did it change? Yeah, they still number. Oh, so they they are tied now. Because the uh, Clippers just beat the Nuggets, so they are now tied. So you have the the Nuggets and the Clippers tied. Uh, they still have Nuggets number two, Clippers number three. The Rockets at number four. You have the Jazz number five. Outside those five teams, those are like the real like serious like formidable teams. Then you have the Thunder at the six. You have the Mavericks at the seventh seed, and the Grizzlies at the eight. So with the Grizzlies at the eighth seed, usually in the past, 
I don't even know how many years, like just probably a decade or so. The H seed has always been a team that you still be scared to see in the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying the Grizzlies are weak, but they are under 500, and they are a eighth seed in the West, which is not normal for the Western Conference elite. That's not normal for a Western Conference team to be in the playoffs and still be under 500. They lost their last five games in the last four since coming back from All-Star break, and they had a, a recent loss against the Rockets um, where the Rockets went. I think they beat – what was the score? They Do I have that score pulled up? I don't. But the Rockets just basically just put a clinic on them. Like, it was just a blowout from the start. Austin Rivers had a good game that game, too. I watched that game. So, with the Grizzlies at the AFC, below them you have the Pelicans. You have They are 26-33. and 33. They, rolled, they rose up a little bit in the conference standing since Zion's come back, which a lot of people have been talking. Can Zion help the Pelicans become an AFC and take John Moran's spot at the AFC? Uh, hopefully, I don't know. I don't have no dog in this fight. I like John Moran. I like Zion. Probably John a little bit more because I've seen him. Well, I've seen Zion too. But I don't know. I, I ain't going to say I ain't going to hope for one or the other to happen. But if it happens, it happens. I don't care. They're not my teams. And then below the Pelicans, you got the Trailblazers at the 10th seed. And they are 26 and 34. So, I mean, I guess you can count the Kings too because they're 25 and 34. And the Spurs, who are at the 12th seed. Who that that twenty five year streak of being or twenty plus years twenty five how many years it is of being in the playoffs might be coming to an end soon because they are twenty four and thirty three, yikes. Um, who? My question is, who can we see as the eighth seed in the West when when in this season comes and the playoffs start? Many are hoping the Pelicans to be there because they are a good team. They have some good people. I well. They are a decent team. They're not a good team yet, but they have some decent. They have some good players on there. With Brandon Ingram, who was the first time All Star, and like I said, he did have 34 against the loss when well, their loss against the Lakers. Um, he has Zion Williamson, who's been playing very well since coming back from his injury, and when many are hoping to help lift the Pelicans to the eighth seed. And what about for the Grizzlies? Um, what should they do? Um. I, I, I can't say too much on the Grizzlies because I haven't watched too many Grizzly games. Uh, there's, they're obviously a young team. So they was going past expectations by actually being a seed in the Western Conference this season. Me, myself included, I didn't think they was actually going to be in the playoffs this year. No cap. I didn't think they was going to be in the playoffs. But they are. And But in, the, in their recent play, it looks like they can possibly fall out because as we look at it, the Pelicans are really just two games behind them. Or, yeah, they're, yeah, they're just two games behind the Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies lose two more games. And let's say the Pelicans win their next two. They're up there. They're right there in the AFC. But what about the Trailblazers? What can they do? Now, Lillard has been hurt uh, from a groin, since the groin injury. The Wednesday before uh, the All-Star break, he's been hurt with that groin injury. And he's still hurt to this day. Uh, Nurkic has been is still out. He's supposed to come back this year. I don't know if they're going to try to rush him back on the court, but I think it'll be crucial for them if they want to get into the playoffs to have him come back. And they also have um, Zach Collins, who's hurt as well. CJ McCollum has been battling injury this season, this season, but he's playing right now. So with all these people they have missing, they can use them to come back if they really want to make a playoff push because before Dame got hurt, we've seen Dame having – an incredible 2020, 
this man was putting up phenomenal numbers, like just exploding. Like Jesus, like we think Jason Tatum's exploding right now. Dame Lillard was freaking coming through the screen. I'm talking about Michael Bay explosives. I don't know what the, I don't know what that was. <laughs> Thought he was playing very well, and he was actually lifting them up to some games to win. And I was watching them last night. They played against the Pacers. They could have used a Dame Lillard, even though they only lost by six points. They could have used a Dame Lillard to help them carry that game because Dame Lillard is that much of an impact player. And one could argue, and one could say, that he's the best point guard in the league this year. When you really, when you really look at it, who, what other point guard around the league this year has been putting up the numbers and been producing the way he has? Russell Westbrook, yeah, he's been playing really, really well in these past 18 games that I'm going to talk about. But, or since it's going since the whole small ball thing, but throughout the whole year, Dame Lillard, one can say that Dame Lillard is probably the best point guard in the league because Kyrie Irving's been injured. Steph Curry's not here. Who else could you, I mean, in the top point guards, I mean, because Dame Lillard was already a top point guard. He was all NBA. He was already up there. But with Steph gone, Kyrie being injured, Russell Westbrook not playing as well until now, I'm sorry. I don't know. It's just he 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 is. I, I'm gonna give it to him. As much as I, as much as I don't like the Trailblazers, Name Lily is the best point guard in the league right now. I'm sorry, Russell. Don't forgive me. But <laughs> yeah, the Trailblazers could definitely use him coming back, especially if they're trying to make a push for the AC. So I think. Well, a lot of people was talking about the race for the Clippers and Lakers to be the number one seed. I think this race for the AC is actually going to be pretty interesting as the season weighs on and we get towards the end of the season. I feel like there's a book in my nose. I'm not going to dig it out. That's nasty. But if it comes out without me touching it, that would be lovely. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to drink my water. I'm over being disgusting. Hmm. So... Next topic I want to talk about is this feud. A feud has been heating up, actually. It, this feud's been going on. I saw a clip today that surfaced actually from a 2014 of the, of the two arguing. I'm talking about James Harden and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I know the f- famous clip that surfaced online, well, it didn't surface. It was just <laughs> happening in the game. When Giannis was going for a pass, but he just donked James Harden in the head with the ball as he was trying to do a cross-court pass. And now the feud is, like I said, is heating up. It started or reignited, we I should say, when uh, Giannis and LeBron was picking for the All Star game, and James Harden was in the last two to get picked up for the All Star game, or last three, I should say, last two, last three. He was one of the last people. <laughs> and Charles Barkley made a comment. To Giannis, or just him and LeBron said, anybody go pick up James Harden? And you, nobody wants to dribble it. And Giannis responded with, I want somebody that can pass, so I'm going to go with Kimba. James Harden didn't say too much about it. And uh, some people on Giannis's team said that they was looking for whoever James Harden was guarding because they was going to attack him because people talk about his defense. James Harden, we haven't heard James Harden speak too much on it. But... In the recent interview with Rachel Nichols, she asked him about the comments and about the criticism he's been receiving for his game, to which Harden did say that 
I average more assists than him. And he's not, he's not, he's not lying. He's like he said, I don't get the joke. And he's not lying. He has more, he averages more assists than not only than Giannis and and Kimba as well. Cause Kimba, uh, when they when I was watching the interview, uh, as Rachel Nichols pointed out, he's he's 39th in, 39th in assists right now. Well, James Harden is 10th in assists. So, and Giannis only averages six assists as well. So it's like, how can these comments be made? Cause at one point James Harden was leading the league in assists. So it's not like he's just he's like just a dominant ball handler. He's just not gonna pass the ball at all. James Harden has been known to be a passer. So I don't really don't get the joke either. Um also in the interview, Rachel Nichols brought up a comment that Daryl Moore made, uh, where he said, Being different doesn't really get appreciated until it works. And he was referring to uh James Harden, the way that the Rock has been playing in recent years and with the new system they've been trying with Mike D'Antoni. Which I think that if they don't make it to the Western Conference Finals or the championship this year, I don't think Mike D'Antoni's going to be there too longer. But we already talked about that. James Harden responded to the comments. Going back to going back to the topic, James Harden responded to the comments that uh, Daryl Morey made, and he said, "When it's all said and done, they'll appreciate it. They'll appreciate it more." We're talking about his game, and he said, "I wish I could be seven feet and just run and dunk. That takes no skill at all." So. The interview happened, took place Thursday night, and we aired Thursday night. And Giannis, like I mentioned earlier, and the Bucks played phenomenal. I don't know if he caught whiff of that interview and like was kind of t- was trying to send out a message to James Harden or anybody that's talking about him not being that skillful. Cause I see a lot of people arguing back and forth. Well, their team Giannis or their team Harden. Harden is a better player. Giannis is better. Like I see people going back and forth. My stance on it is, I feel like James Harden has a good point where he's coming from. Because, like, dang, James Harden's minding his own. It's not like James Harden's out here, like, trying to make enemies or anything. But people are just going at James Harden, talking about him in his game. And as a Rockets fan due to Russell Westbrook, I would like to see them win a championship. And I feel like they have a good team around them to do it. Now, if the coach is good enough, like I said, I already talked about that. But... The way he plays, yeah, it's different. And, like, the Rockets this year, because I'm going to transition to my next point, talking about Russell Westbrook, who a lot of people, or he's feeling like he doesn't get the credit he deserves. So that kind of lumps together. We have James Harden feeling like he's disrespecting. People talk about his game. Or Russell Westbrook feel like he doesn't get the credit he deserves for the way he's been playing. You have that type of mindset in this locker room, these two players, and the rest of the team as a whole, because you see some of the players they've picked up picked some up some castaways essentially like they just picked up Jeff Green who got kicked off the team from the Jazz like they waved him uh Demar Kell who got waved from the Spurs Ben McLemore who was on his who was already out the league you had Austin Rivers who got stayed playing under Doc Rivers and but once he got traded they felt like uh is he still a good player like they have all these players who people just Saw PJ Tucker, for example, too. PJ Tucker wasn't really a valuable player until he got to the Rockets. They have all these players come here and they're playing better than what people expected. So they have all of this chips on their shoulder because they feel like they are, they don't get the respect that they deserve. So hopefully this carries on, this carries on for them going to the playoffs. And to, and to talk a little bit more about the Russell Westbrook situation, um, John Morant was asked by ESPN's Tim McMahon um, 
after the the Rockets and Grizzlies game, and John Moran said, I still feel like he is highly disrespected. People take his play for granted. And Russell Westbrook, as I mentioned earlier, he's been he's been playing pretty well in this year of 2020. Uh, Russell has had 30 plus points in 14 of his last 18 games in 2020. Uh, in the game against the Grizzlies, him and James Harden combined for 63 points, and on like I said on Wednesday. So the them, them two with the chips on their shoulder and with the other players and the chips on their shoulder I feel like the Rockets might surprise a lot of people in the playoffs I'm not just saying it because I'm a Rockets fan but I think with this new lineup that they got the small ball lineup I think is working right now we have seen good results I say give it some time it's been some weeks since the trade happened we're at the end of February end of February now February ends today as I'm speaking actually the 29th so, if with this already working and going against some teams who are bigger, like the Lakers, when they proved against the Lakers, their very first game they went small ball fully. They beat the Lakers because you because with them doing that, you drag a lot of bigs out to the three point line and opens up the paint. So like uh, bigger than expectedly. I'm sorry, I'm not. I've been the best speaking on this podcast today. But I'm sorry, it's it's late, but I'm still gonna deliver a show. You. You have to think that these guys are playing, like I said, with a chip on their shoulders and they want to show the world that they should be respected the way they are because Russell Westbrook has been disrespected for many years. I have to argue people many times about Russell Westbrook because I do not tolerate Russell Westbrook slander. I can understand some faults in this game. I can understand that sometimes he does try too hard. But sometimes people just get on Russell Westbrook just to get on Russell Westbrook and try to blame him for everything and try to use him as a scapegoat. And people talk about James Harden all the time, talk about how, like he said, he's the dribbler. Like, he doesn't do much. But James Harden is a very skillful player. Like, James Harden is where Steph Curry kind of expanded the game and made everybody want to shoot threes. James Harden has taken the game, and he has added – we've seen him add new moves to his game and add moves that, like, people have never seen. Where his ball handling skills is becoming more and more elite. And the shots that he has taken and the way he has invented. Like, we see a lot of people nowadays – try to foul and get a three-point shot, like a four-point play. Like, I haven't. it happens before, but we are seeing more and more of players trying to get a four-point play, and you can probably attribute that to James Harden doing that because he plays like a very smart basketball player, and he knows the rules. That's why people complain, like, oh, well, he gets to the free throw line. He does this too much. He just looks for fouls and not for shots. The man knows the game, and he – you can't fault him for that. So, I feel with the Rockets, the way they play and how they are playing, I feel that they can possibly make a run in the playoffs. And they can possibly get to the Western Conference Finals. Well, I know we people have saying, well, it's probably going to be the Lakers and the Clippers. But let's say they haven't played the, Lakers, they haven't played the Clippers since they went to the small ball lineup, but they have played the Lakers. So, let's say they meet the, the Lakers in the semifinals and they – Let's say they do beat the Lakers in the semifinals. What? That would be crazy. I'm not going to count. I'm not going to rule it against them. Let's see what happens. I'm not going to put any any thoughts out there so that way it can jinx them or anything. But, hey, it could happen. So let's talk about another person where how I say there was a team feeling slighted. This person has been feeling slighted. Bradley Bill. Now, Bradley Bill has, has scored 50-plus 
Let me say it again. 50. 50 plus points in four consecutive games and not win. He he had a win recently against the Nets. We only scored 30 points that game. But before that, he lost four games and scored 50 plus points. Nobody have done that since or I mean, nobody has done that since Kobe Bryant and Will Chamberlain. What? 50 plus points. But like I said, he did win against the Nets on Thursday. And it's a 16 game uh, with 25 plus points. And we can, looking, looking at the way he's been playing, I can see where he could be frustrated. Because not only that his, his team is losing, but he didn't get that all-star. More so because his team is losing. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit more, but let me get into the quote that he says um, where he's on his back-to-back 50-point games. He says, uh, I guess the league don't want me to score 50 either. I had a drug test today. So the league killed me. When, when, when players do extraordinary things, they always drug test people, which which baffles me. But what is Bradley Bill's future with the Warriors? Not with the Warriors, with the Wizards. Because we've seen John Wall is out, and I – I don't know if he's due to come back this year or if they want him to come back this year. Cause he, he got injured. Excuse me. He got injured beginning of last season. He was out the whole season. And now he hasn't, been, he hasn't played at all this year. So what is Bradley Beal's future with the Wizards? Because he already signed a contract extension at, uh, in this summer. And many people was advocating for him to, to leave, to demand a trade, because there is really no hope with him in, in, in Washington. Because we, as we see, Washington, or as we know, I should say, Washington is not too much of a free agent destination. I don't see people clamoring to go to Washington. Be like, oh, I want to go play for the Wizards. Many people speculate Kevin Durant was going to do that, even because he's from Maryland, but even he didn't want to go there. So when John Wall comes back, I know they got Rui Hachimara, I'm saying his name right. I hope I ain't butcher it. Uh, I know David Berton's been playing really well as a three-point shooter this year. I don't, I don't know. I don't follow them as much. You know, too many of their players, but I know they have lost plenty, if not a lot of games this year. I think I'm gonna pull up they. They are. Oh, they're actually a ninth seed in the East. Crazy. I said I thought they was worse than that. Huh. but they have 21 and 37. And they are how many games back from the AC? They're five games back from the Nets, who who are actually under five hundred as well. So I don't know what the Wizards are going to do, especially when John Wall comes back. Will they finally get the help they that the Wizards uh, need? I don't know if that be if that means another draft pick. If they can get somebody in the draft, if they get a good lottery pick, possibly. Uh, I think I don't think they need any guards unless they want to trade John Wall or Bradley Beal. Let's say if they get like a big man, like a, a James Wiseman or something, or Obi Toppin. Something like that. Does Obi play big? I don't. I don't know. I should know that, but <laughs> I think the Wizards should do something because Bradley Beal he can't he can't do nothing now unless he demands a trade. But I don't think anybody's going to take him with that big contract he got because he's not going to go to a championship contending team, not with that contract. Most championship contending teams already got two or more players with contracts that Bradley Bill got right now. So it'll be hard for him to go to a real championship contender with that contract. I think he's just going to have to just tough it out because 
I don't know. I can't. I can't tell him tough it out. I let the man just do whatever he wants. But he chose to stay in Washington and stay with that team, knowing the circumstances going into the season when he signed on the dotted line. But you can't blame the man for getting his money. I mean, I shoot for the money he got. I would. I'll stay too. But I can understand the psyche where it's like, dang, I'm putting up all these points. I'm doing all of this. I'm getting slighted. I'm averaging. He could average 31. I think he could average over 30 points if he continued to play the way he plays. I think he's already averaging 30 uh, this season. I'm doing all of this, but it's amounting to nothing. Eventually, you can get tired of that. Eventually, you can. It's like you put, let's say you use it work. Let's say you just work out. <laughs> I'm just going to use this as an example. Maybe it'll be a bad analogy or not. Let's say you just work out and you lift. So much, like, you've seen yourself getting better and better. Like, you'd be able to lift 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds. Ah, you're just getting so strong. But you just don't, you don't gain no weight. You don't get no muscles. Some people don't care. But I know me personally, if I was to be able to lift like that and just keep getting stronger and stronger, but I don't got no, like, I don't show no results, I'll be like, dang, <laughs> what am I doing this for? Like, dang, like, God. No, no, that was my little analogy. But on a lighter note, the Clippers, my pseudo team, are playing well. Now, granted, it's just been the past two games. It went up being against the Grizzlies, but they just beat the Nuggets tonight in a 20, what is it, 24? Let me do my math. 21-point <laughs> victory against the Nuggets. Oh, did I do that right? God dang, I can't. My math is being terrible right now. No, 31. My fault. 31. 30. 29. Jesus. Hold on. Let me just put up my phone. I had it on my phone. I don't know why I can't do math right now, y'all. My head is just. Bleh. 29. Okay. 29 points. I guess that's what happens when you're a journalism major. You used to lose all type of brain matter when it comes to math. <laughs> So, they had a 29-point victory against the Nuggets tonight, as I am recording this. And they beat the Grizzlies 124-97. Uh, to Now, the Nuggets game, Paul George had 24 points. But in the last game against the Grizzlies, he only had 7 points. I know many people have been talking about his inconsistency and the team as a whole, not playing together uh, and being healthy. But in these last two games, they all healthy. they all been playing. And by looking at them, I need to watch too much of this uh, uh, Nuggets game. When I watch them play against the Grizzlies, they look like they are more focused because I know with NBA players nowadays, especially in the days we live in, I know they see what people say about them. I know if the media talks about a player or this or that, they're going to see it. Like It's easy to just check on your phone and see what is going on in the world. And a lot of people have been talking about the Clippers like, oh, they're not playing well. They are inconsistent. I feel like they just have all these pieces. They don't have no chemistry. They're not healthy, they're inconsistent, blah, 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 this and that. But these past two games, especially in the Grizzlies game when I watch, they have just been playing like the Clippers that we wanted them to see. They look like they was in playoff mode. They've just been dominating, playing very well on defense. Like, when they played the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies almost did not score over 10 points in the first quarter. Let me say it again. The Grizzlies almost did not score over 10 points in the first quarter. I think they only ended up scoring 12. But... That came in like the very last minute or two. It's 12 minutes of the quarter, people. 12. 
And like I said earlier, they are a team that's in the playoffs. They are the AC in the playoffs right now. So, what? The Grizzlies, not the Grizzlies, the Clippers have been playing very well. They're playing like a cohesive team. They're playing with chemistry. They are playing as a well-balanced team. Kawhi Leonard is still playing good. Uh, in the last game, uh, well, actually, let me pull it up. I have it right here. In the game against the Grizzlies, Montrez had 22 points. Uh, Reggie Jackson had five. Jermichael Green and Landon Shaman both had 13 apiece. And then the recent game against the Nuggets, let me pull up that one. I don't know why you can get that. Why don't I have that one up? A recent game against the Nuggets. As a team, Kawhi Leonard had 19 points. Like I said, Paul George had 24 points. Shaman had 12. Lou Will had 17. Montrez had 18. Reggie Jackson had 10. Zubak had 10. So they're playing like a very well-balanced team. Because people with all these good scores on their team, they have Marcus Morris, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Lou Will, Montrez, Reggie Jackson, Shaman, if you want to count him. They all have, they have good scores on their team. And they are finding ways to where everybody can contribute in a way that could, that helps the team win. Now, granted, when they play against more formidable teams, well, I mean, the, the Nuggets are one. But let's see how this continues going forward because, like I said, a lot of people talk about the inconsistency. And I think they play the Lakers. I know they rescheduled a game with the Lakers in April. They have, I think so. They have one in April. I think they have one more in March as well. So they have two more games left. And I know a lot of people talk about that the Clippers only show up for the Lakers. But I say with the mojo that they have and the, the way they've been playing recently, I think this type of play can continue for the rest of the season. I hope so. Barring they staying fully healthy. They stay fully healthy. This play can continue for the rest of the season. So let's talk about another topic. This has been a very popular topic this past week. Uh, from Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has been doing a lot of media rounds with him being injured this year. Obviously, the, the man has more free time on his hand. Now, with that free time, I don't know what he's doing, but on the All the Smoke podcast, he was talking uh, with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson, and he was talking about marijuana and uh, the perception that it receives and should it be legal to use by players in the league. Uh, he said, quote, It is just like marijuana is marijuana. It's not harmful to anybody. It can only help and enhance and do good things. I feel like it shouldn't even be a huge topic around it anymore. End quote. Now, does Kevin Durant have a point when he talks about this? Uh, you see a lot of NFL players and some basketball players come out and talk about how the team doctors will recommend them opioids. And if you know anything, if you haven't been living in a rock, opioids can be very addictive and have negative side effects even if you try to stay away from them, so they have negative withdrawal effects uh, as well. So some players took the different route and used marijuana instead to help them heal when they feel like they are hurt or injured. Some of them just use it just for recreational purposes. And I can say that marijuana has different effects on different people, and you can say that also that where people talk about, well, marijuana is highly addictive, this and that, that can come from the, nicot the nicotine that's in the tobacco if they are using a blunt uh, from a tobacco leaf. So that could possibly, that can play into the addiction part if you're looking at it from that aspect. But the cannabis plant itself, uh, due to research, is not addictive. And I can understand where Kevin Durant can feel this way and say, well, there should, it should come now that like 
this should be legal. Because I, I don't even think the NBA has like a hard like drug testing policy when it comes to marijuana or, or, or other substances. Because uh, at least from what Matt Barnes said on first take, he said it was like usually just one drug test in the preseason. There was a, there really wasn't too many drug tests after that. And it's not like the league is endorsing you to smoke weed, but there's a better chance for you to do it versus an NFL uh, where they do drug tests a little bit more often and they are more stricter. Now, given that you see that these sports are uh, sports for more black athletes, because I I just seen as well the MLB has just announced or allowed marijuana to be used for medicinal purposes, and they don't they don't no longer check it check for it in their drug test, and as a that is a more white and uh, foreign uh, foreigner sport. So you kind of make a connection with weed and black people and how the world view it because usually that's actually going to be a topic on if I get this next guy on, on the on the go on the show for how you're doing just talk about just drugs in general. And you can see like the connotation that drugs have when associated with black people, they have more of an evil context and they try to like keep black people away from these drugs or they uh not a, not a single they associate uh these drugs with black people. So does Kevin Durant really have a point? Will there come a time when the NBA will allow marijuana to be used and not to be drug tested? Who's to say? Adam Silver seems to be a very progressive commissioner. Maybe that is in discussion. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. But I, I'm not as opposed to it. But like Stephen A. Smith made a good point. It hurts the viewer's experience if you see their players, if you pay good money to see the players and they come in there inebriated, just out of their mind high. So obviously these players wouldn't be allowed to play high. <laughs> like, but who's to say that they don't play well? Some players do that. I've seen people play out of their mind and rating and still put it on the show. So who's to say? Weed affects different people in different ways. So that's my stance on it. There was also, because I don't know. I can look at Kevin Durant. I'm not going to assume nothing. But Kevin Durant, I'm, gonna make, I'm just going to throw that. Kevin Durant looks like a person to me who smokes. Maybe he does. Maybe he don't. But there was a video that surfaced of him online a couple of years ago where, <laughs> where we fell out of his pocket and he quickly picked it up while he was while TMZ was following him around. That was just something funny that I'm I remember seeing one of my friends pointed out to me when we was talking about this. So I don't know. Maybe Kevin Durant's come Kevin Durant's coming from his perspective and saying, like, forget it, like this should be talked about more. Or we should allow this to happen. I don't know. So let's end off the show on a mystery being solved, the dunk contest. So a lot of people have been talking about this dunk contest and how Aaron Gordon was robbed of the dunk contest, how he should have won this year instead of Derrick Jones Jr. So Scottie Pippen went on to jump, and he admitted that him and the judges made a pact. They made a pact on that they was going to send the dunk contest into a final round so that they can do the, uh, another dunk off, essentially. I didn't get to watch the dunk contest, but I did see the highlights of it. It was pretty look. It was a pretty cool dunk contest. Some say it was probably the best dunk contest in recent years. I still think the 2016 was probably the best, uh, with Eric Gorn and Zach Levine in it. But he also said that uh, they tried to change the score so, like I said, so they can match it up and then keep the game, then keep the the contest going. But the machine locked them out after they sent in their numbers. So 
that's why, at least from Scottie Pippen's uh, uh, recall of the situation, that's why the, they was all reacting the way they did. Some people blame D-Wade, said he messed up the score. So maybe they all try to change it, and it just didn't work out in their favor. I'm Who's to say? But whatever, regardless, Derrick Jones Jr. already won. It's just something that people just want to know. It's like, dang. Why this happened? I can see where Aaron Gordon's frustrated because it's like a lot of people was talking about Derrick Jones is doing kind of the same dunk, uh, just in just in different ways. But Aaron Gordon was being more creative and actually trying out different dunks and was actually executing them. So I don't know. I think a dunk over a Taco Fall should win it all. <laughs> the man's seven seven, so that's just impressive enough to me. So I'm gonna end this show. And I don't, I don't know. I don't let y'all tell me in the comments. I, don't, I feel like this, I probably could have been more concise and more clear in my thoughts this, this show. But either way it goes, I feel like this was a good enough show. It's late. So I'm great in the show right here. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and watching Trade Ball in episode five. Make sure y'all subscribe if y'all watching this on YouTube. Uh, subscribe if you also listen to this on iTunes or Spotify. And follow me if you listen to this on SoundCloud. Make sure you tell your friends, your family, your dogs, your cat, your octopuses. <laughs> Who has an octopus? I don't know. It's an animal that just came in my head. So, I'm ending this show. I'm done. Peace. What? 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 what, what? Uh...